in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute privilege and pleasure to bring to you artists from the world of contemporary Christian music and worship and hear a little bit about their story and feature some of their great music. And, you know, this is a very special episode because normally I'm in the UK uh, broadcasting and we have people join me on Zoom and it's lovely. But right now I am in Nashville, Tennessee, in the home of Jody and Chris. That's love and the outcome. And we're doing a very special in-person episode of The Artist Interview. So before we meet Jody and Chris, uh, let's hear their first track. It's Look What God Has Done. And that was Look What God Has Done by Love and the Outcome. And I'm so glad to be here right now in Nashville, Tennessee, in the home of Jody and Chris from Love and the Outcome. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Hey. Welcome here. We're oh, good. Oh, really, really love to see you. We had you on the show before, always via Zoom, uh, but it's great to be <laughs> in Nashville, in your home. So um, now, obviously, since you first been on the show, uh, time's passed. Uh, we've actually, as a station, done some great stuff and We've got, we've got it syndicated out to, to numbers of different stations worldwide. So not everyone will have heard your story so far. So can you give mm. us a little snapshot about your life so far, how you became Christians uh, and how you got to be a band together? Sure. Yeah. Well, Chris was in a British rock band or they wanted to be British. <laughs> Desperately wanted to move from the middle of Canada, but we we loved Radiohead. We loved Coldplay. We loved U2. We just, that's what we and wanted the, to be. And Delirious. That, oh gosh. So I walked in to hear Chris's band play and he was playing a delirious song in a pub. And I was like, that's it. I need this man in my life. It's got to happen. <laughs> <laughs> He's hot and he loves Jesus. That's my whole list. That's what I'd been praying for. So we became friends. We ended up leading worship together for a good year and traveling in a minivan across Canada. And, uh, I was like, babe, do you want to be in my band? Let's, let's do this. <laughs> that's right. And I said, I do. And we became, well, we weren't loving the outcome officially. We were a husband and wife duo with no name. And we came down to Nashville, Tennessee for some writing sessions, opened for the Newsboys, ended up signing a record deal, long story short, and took us like a year to come up with a name. But finally, we were like, we need God in our name. So God is love and we are the outcome. And that's how we landed on that name. That is very cool. Now, obviously, getting a record deal for, for lots of artists, that is like, the dream that that will yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Opening for the Newsboys, I saw I saw the Newsboys on was it Monday night? I don't know which day's which now. I think it was Monday night. I saw them, so and, and they were great. So, um, how did that actually happen? There's mm-hmm. there's there's always a story behind, and you didn't just come from Canada and open for the Newsboys. That doesn't happen. No, they actually they came to us. They came to Canada. We had we had a Canadian uh, winter jam happen. They they set that up for a couple of years, and the, the Newsboys headlined it. And we got to be part of that tour. 
So we were. Yeah, Michael Tate had just joined the Newsboys. So he would stand side stage and watch our set every night. And we're like, felt so nervous. Like Michael Tate is like critiquing our set when in fact he was cheering us on, which is a really good reminder. How much of the time do we spend our lives worried about other people's opinions when in fact, why don't we just think that they're cheering us on, wow. you know, and that's what he was doing. And he, he was a real advocate. He's like, come to my town, come to Nashville. What are you doing in Toronto? Like you need to sign a Christian record deal. And you're right. There is no overnight success. The long road is not the wrong road to anybody listening who's been working on a dream for a really long time. And you're just like, what on earth? Like, did I hear God wrong? Am I on the wrong road? There's no wrong road. If you're walking with God, it's all just a part of the process. And so it took us a long time, about 10 years of playing little shows, pubs, leading worship at churches, house concerts, and then finally opening for the Newsboys after probably 10 years of grinding it out on the road. We, in fact, sold everything that we owned and lived in our Jetta, staying with friends. So also, you lived in a what? Jetta. What's that? A car. You lived in a car? Yeah. Okay, that 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 sounds like it could have some challenges. Is it yeah. a very, very big car? Does it have a bottle no. or a shower? Oh my gosh. We've... It was It was a diesel, so we... Didn't spend much on gas. We got good gas mileage. This is what it looks like to work on a dream. It's not all glamorous. You know, I always tell people that when, you know, the first time we were at Winter Jam and everyone was singing, he is with us back to us. And I was standing there going, I wish I had a second to tell every single person in this audience that the long road is not the wrong road because it's been long for us. But here we are. And now we have so much to say. Yeah, and and a platform you know, as well to say it on right. to the journey you've been through. That's clearly, right. so yeah, tell us tell us some highs from that journey from before you before you got signed, and tell yeah. us some of the struggles. Mm. Well, it's always a high to play with your husband. Um, we were both in separate bands for a long time, and it was kind of awkward. You're like, yeah, I'm singing on the stage, and I'm like, hey, cool man, and I'm like not looking at my husband. So it's just like not as much fun to hang out with dudes that you don't love. Um, so doing this together has always been awesome, <laughs> except when it's not, when you're like, oh, I'm married to you and, uh, we're in a fight and now we have to get on stage and play a show. <laughs> but you're both stage. laughing about it and smiling. So that's, that's, well, that's, stage, that's stage therapy is a real thing for us. Yeah. We always joke. We're like, well, we have a perfect marriage. So just putting it on, <laughs> yeah. not, but no, it's mostly been awesome and it gets real. And I think that's actually a part of the DNA of our band. Um, I think people love the songs, but I think they get a sense of, wow, they're married. They actually love each other. They really work hard at their marriage and their life with God. And so it's really not just a music brand. I feel like it's a brand of like encouragement and hope to just live your real life and just enjoy your real life. Like if we're all just living for vacation or for the record deal, it's a pretty small life, right? Yeah. That's the only focus. But if it's like, man, I'm reaching for this goal, but I'm not going to forget to love the people around me, to see the people around me, you know, yeah, we try and do that. We don't always do it well, but we try. So so enjoy the journey, no matter where enjoy. you are on stage, you're getting to where you're going. That's right. And yell when you need to. God's not scared about that. You know, you don't need to just have this perfect smile on your face all the time. Like toxic positivity is not the same as faith. You know, faith and hope is is really just like, man, bringing your real self to God and going through it with God, not pretending it's going well all the time. And so don't hear us saying that it has not gone well all the time. It has been hard, but it's been glorious to have those moments where people are singing something back to you that you wrote 
to get through your moment. Like yeah. we wrote, he is with us in the back of our Jetta with hardly any cash and nothing to prove, like no, nothing to be like, look at us. We're awesome. Like nothing. We were just trying to make it through to go, God, I know you're with us, even though this feels hard. I yeah. know you're with us, even though nothing's going right. And so you write it from that place and then you hear people singing it and it's part of their story. And those are definitely highlights along the way. Yeah, I can, I can, I can imagine. And especially it's also encouraging when you look back and you look at some of the challenges and then you, you see that as long as you keep going back to God with all of the stuff when it's, when there's mess, rubbish, things not going to plan because yeah. our plans sometimes are very different from God's plans. Yeah. Um, but if we keep on going back to them, actually mm. looking back, there's so much encouragement in knowing that God was always with you mm. through it as well. So, yes. so let's talk about marriage for a moment then. How long have you been married now? 19 years. 19 years. You do not look old enough. So I've been married 30 years. So this is home. Don't know how young I look on it's, it's moisturizer. Kid. Yeah. So tell me about your exfoliator. Yeah. So no, my wife always tells me off for not having a better program on that. But there we go. Okay. So so marriage. You mentioned the words perfect marriage. And that is a very interesting phrase because before I, I guess lots of people who might want to get married have a dream mm. of having this perfect marriage. Uh and I would like to know what is your what is your mm. thoughts on what is perfect marriage? Mm. Why don't you take this one, babe? Hmm. Well, um, <laughs> we uh, maybe we are strange because we like spending a lot of time together, and I don't know if that is necessarily the norm. <laughs> but um, we like we kind of met in a band situation, so we were we were very used to living together on the road in in that way and and that has kind of translated into just regular life and i mean there are challenges every day of you know taking the kids to school and somebody's not listening and you know <laughs> how do we how do we deal with that but um well we deal with it with you making me lots of coffee uh, rule number one in yes. a perfect marriage: husband he, makes coffee. He, he made me a coffee, and I don't feel that that's part of our marriage. <laughs> it was a very nice coffee, right? So not, yeah, I have. I am not a morning person, but I have kind of transformed into one thanks to good coffee. Hmm. Good coffee habits. I think that's an important point. I think that it's really easy to say, "Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that." Well, you know what? Partnership means showing up in ways that are sometimes uncomfortable, hmm. and that's part of it, right? I mean, and also being who you are within the partnership because how boring would it be if we were just the same person if you get married and all of a sudden it's like yeah we spend lots of time together for sure but like i go to dance class on tuesday night chris has boys night with our kids like the going apart from each other making sure we're growing individually is what makes it work when we come back together yes yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense uh, i i, I think that there's a lot of grace during the playoffs <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know anything about sport, so I've, I've no idea what the playoffs actually are. But I imagine it's something to do with sports. So, um, so, so, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, that's fine. I'm perfect marriage is such a crazy thing because people have all these dreams. Which, truthfully, when you get married, actually, that's when that's when it gets the, real. The rubber hits the road, and, oh. and I, I think one of the things is about growing together always, even through the yeah. things that. Oh, divisive. Even yeah. things that are, that are challenges that make you go, oh, this is a horrible situation to be in. There are times when, yeah. when if there's a fight going on, uh, my wife and I, we, we don't fight often. But if we do, it, it, it's quite painful for both of us. So we have disagreements about things. Yeah. But um, actually, yeah. just knowing mm-hmm. that God loves you and God puts things back together and forgiveness and restoration 
It's, it's, we, it's a nice doing that, though. Yeah, we we talk about that a lot too. We don't. We're similar. We don't fight a lot. But one thing we've realized over the years is that we now fight from the same side. And that's been a really helpful shift in thinking. Like we're on the same team fighting for the same thing. We just see this differently. Yeah. And when you can start from that place, wow, it changes everything. And another thing that I tell myself a lot, because I don't know about your wife, we need to meet her one day because I'm sure she's incredible. She is. But sometimes the story I tell myself is very different than the story Chris is actually trying to tell me. And I've interpreted it wrong. And so we have a song on our new record. I know we're not playing it on this interview, but if people want to check it out, it's called Start From There. And we wrote it about the fact that even when we are in a disagreement, if I can tell myself, okay, I know that Chris loves me. I'm going to start from there that helps us so much as we work it out. Yeah. So just remembering like, man, I feel offended or I think I'm taking it personally, but wait, no, that's the story that's in my head. The true story is Chris loves me and I'm going to start from there. That's, that's a really helpful framework to have yeah. on it because it yeah. makes a world of difference on the way you yeah. feel about anything, even when he's probably being a, uh, well, a pain to you. I'll put it that way. So a I, I don't, pain. I just come on. How could you even think that or say that? To me? <laughs> so you got, you got two kids. Yes, so we uh, do. How old are they? They're seven and five. Okay, so that 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 I can imagine is a it's a fun time. Still blows my mind. Yeah. Time. yeah. So what are their names? Milo and Ziggy. It's cool names. It's cool names. How on earth does it work having two kids that age and being a band? Oh wow! Sometimes it just doesn't. Um, and we are in public a lot when it doesn't work, and it's very hard to remember that I don't have to apologize for my kids being kids. And that's hard for me because I want to look good all the time. I don't know if anyone listening can relate, but I really, I want to just appear like I have it all together. And so I'll end up being like, oh, <laughs> you know, we and it's like, no, our kid is tired. He's been on the road with his parents. There's a time change. He missed his bedtime. Like, and that's just real. And instead of trying to apologize for our family or apologize for my kids being kids, just kind of owning it and going, this is hard right now. This is one of those moments where like the good outweighs the bad, but it's a hard late night flight. And we're just a family living life in front of you. And I feel like instead of that being a bad thing, it ends up working in that people feel permission to be themselves too and go, hmm. oh, they're just, they're just real people like doing real life. Okay. I don't need to feel so bad when my kid falls apart in public. Like this is just real life. Yeah. 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 In fact, I, I remember I don't know, just a couple of years ago now, you told me a story about one time when when someone came to you after a show and said, oh, your kids have been so well behaved. <laughs> and then just in that moment, you look behind you, what was happening? Oh, man. Milo was kicking over poinsettias on the front of the stage. <laughs> and the pastor was watching him. And I saw his eyes grow big. And I was like, uh-oh, what's happening? And I turned around and I saw like, hoof, hoof, hoof. And I was it like, was, excuse was me a moment. The last show of that tour. And yeah. it was like the end of the night. And we were like, oh, we made it. Everything went so well. High and five. Then yeah. No, we should have left five minutes ago. And <laughs> Absolutely priceless. Just those moments when kids do something. I mean, you don't expect it, but yeah. but actually amazing. The fact that they said they've been really great the whole time. Mm. It doesn't, it, it, on the road, tired kids. I, I wouldn't take my kids on the road. Right. It'd be, it'd be it's a disaster. It's and like, you know what? You have to make that choice. You're choosing chaos. You're choosing memories over it going well. You're choosing family time over sleep. And we know that every single time, like we're going to Florida this weekend and we didn't have to bring them. We had a sitter booked. They had birthday parties. They would have been happy. They would have been fine to stay at home. 
but we were like, should we ask them? So we were like, hey guys, do you want to come along? Yeah, we want to come with you. And Chris and I are like, buckle up. We know it's going to be crazy, but it's also going to be beautiful. And we're going to choose to do this together. And we left the kids at home. We had to do some Canadian. We got to do some Canadian shows. We were were nominated for a Juno, which is like the Canadian Grammy. And we were like, we have to go. This is a once in a lifetime. We have to go. Well, that's amazing. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. What was it? What category was it in? Contemporary Christian Record of the Year. That's phenomenal. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. It was fun. And so, but we didn't have our boys along for a few things. And when I got back, I looked up in Milo's top bunk and you wouldn't believe it. I should show you. He currently has a poster of ours in his top bunk looking (laughs) at him. So it's mom and dad's face looking at him while he falls asleep. And I just thought, wow, okay, this... This is how much he wants to be with us. And I don't know how long that lasts. I hope for a long time, but we've done our best to not make them feel like an inconvenience, but to feel part of the journey. Like we do this together, Yeah, you yeah. know? And so that kind of broke my heart when I got home and we left them at home and there was a poster of us in his bunk bed. It's lovely. And, so, and, I, and I like it when you guys do live stuff on, on Insta and yeah. your kids are there jumping around. It always, it always makes me smile seeing, mm-hmm. seeing them there. They're, they're clearly loving it. So they do. Um, they're becoming more helpful too, more than <laughs> like they used to be kind of part of the luggage and now they can actually carry their own. We carry them. Now they carry things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So um, tell us about the new music that you guys have been busy writing. How's the process going on it? What, what, what's, mm. it what's it look like? We've been doing it at home. That's very different for us. Um, we've never written a record from our house before, but we've been through it with our house. <laughs> we uh, Our house flooded. I'm sure some of your listeners know if you follow us on Instagram, you've seen the process, the journey we've been surrendered to um, over the last two years. Our home flooded almost exactly two years ago, and we lifted it up five feet off the ground and yeah, rebuilt when, it. When it was flooded, you don't mean just like a little flood. This no. was a significant flood that came it, through your house. It um, ruined our entire house. It yeah. was we could have just bulldozed it to the ground, but we chose. And to I, do I, it. I remember seeing you in tears on, yeah. on Insta, and it was mm. like, oh, and it was just this guy, this place, and it looks beautiful in here now. But this Thanks. place was trashed. It, it was, was trashed. It was completely trashed. We it was like a tornado. Current of water had gone through our house, and we walked in there were socks that were put away in drawers over here on the other side of the house it was just it was a mess it was impossible to fathom that it could ever look like it does today did, did you Ugh. lose a lot of personal stuff when that happened or was everything it... pretty much okay so well what we saved we put in um we tried to save like really special wedding gifts and mm-hmm. you know things like that we put them in our trailer and the trailer got stolen so we ended up losing no, wait, hold it, hold it. You put, you put all your stuff in the trailer and yeah. the trailer got stolen. Now, I remember <laughs> that this this had happened just when I last interviewed you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't tell me in the interview about the trailer being stolen. That's right. It was so, too hard. Yeah, it was, it was a painful moment because I remember I, I, I asked Chris, which biblical character you related to? Do you remember what you said? Uh, I don't in this moment. You said Job. I said Job. <laughs> Nobody has ever said Job to me before. And I'm like... I'm like, what is going on? And I was like, it was awful because I wanted to find out that story. But you guys had to go and pick your kids up from school. So we were running it out of time. In real time. So it absolutely was. You guys yeah. were, were sitting, I think, out on a veranda somewhere at a friend's house or something. I'm not yeah. sure where. Yeah, we were. Yeah. And, and uh, you said, you said, Joe. And I went, there is a story behind someone saying that. Mm-hmm. So I'm clearly, you already, I knew the house had gone. 
but that was not what you were talking about. So just before we, we interviewed you guys, your trailer had been stolen with all your stuff in it. Yeah. Absolutely gone. Mm-hmm. And I, when I found out that that happened, um, uh, maybe the next day or something, uh, I saw it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is just so harsh. To, so harsh. To lose your house and then to lose all of your extra stuff. Yeah. In moments like that, did you feel like giving up? Did you feel like, yes. do you feel this is the end? We can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I did. Did you? Yeah. I I honestly didn't know what to feel. And and I, I think anyone who doesn't identify with Job might be lying to themselves because everyone has moments had a Job experience. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone listening at home who, who's not familiar with the Bible, maybe just tuned in by accident. Yeah. The story of Job is a really amazing story about a guy who faithfully loves God, but then the devil comes in and all this stuff happens to him. And I want to say stuff. I mean, it is extreme stuff. This guy loses absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, and it's the story really about that process that he goes through on that and the criticism he receives from other people. And actually um, just what happens is God restores. And it's, um, it's an amazing story, but there's certainly mm-hmm. some hard lessons as well in it. Yeah. But so you guys hit, hit that rock bottom moment. Yeah. What were you praying and what were you saying to the kids? Oh man. Well, our kids, we've realized that, um, they are really good at handling hard things. And we always feel this need as parents, or I have felt the need as a parent to shield my kids from a lot of hard things. And of course there's age appropriate conversations and there's not, but through this process of losing everything as a family, we've gotten a lot more comfortable in hard things. Um, to give you an example, uh, every night, we slept in five different places during the flood and the stolen, the stolen trailer season. And uh, we just kind of went from place to place because we thought our house would be fixed up a lot quicker than it was, but it took a really long time. And so every night we'd fall asleep with our kids. Chris and I would take turns laying on the ground with them on their air mattress. And every single night um, they would pray out loud, whatever they were thinking. And we lost a sweet neighbor, Harold, one of their best buddies, this 70 year old man fell down his stairs and had a heart attack and died. And um, that happened while we weren't living at the house, but Harold was, my kids loved him. So the night after Harold died, we told them that Harold died in the midst of this hard season. We're laying there and Ziggy's like, dear God, I pray that you'd bring Harold back to life. God, could you bring him back to life? And he's on one side of me and Milo's on the other side. Milo's like, Ziggy, that's not how it works. And it was just... There have been too many moments like that to tell you and your listeners, but that is the sort of honesty and processing we've done over the last two years, just allowing our kids to voice how they feel and as a parent, not fix it, not try and be like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. No, 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 you'll meet him in heaven one day. Like, no, you're allowed to be sad. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to tell God how you feel without mommy trying to go it's going to be fine. Cause you know what? The truth is sometimes things aren't fine. Yeah. And that's a really, really hard thing to wrestle with as a parent. Like that'll keep me up at night. I wanted so badly to be able to say, yeah, Ziggy, like he's definitely coming back to life. It's like, no, that's faith, honey. Pray for him to come back to life. If that's what it looks like for you, pray for that. And Milo, if it doesn't look like that for you, you don't have to pray that. It's just, it's such a reckoning of what truth really is. And that it's, it takes a lot of bravery to not just put a silver lining and a happy bow on everything and really just live in the tension of life is hard. God is good. That, that is a tension that a lot of us do live with. Yeah. 
But I think Job, the story of Job, there is there is a, a, a whole shift where things have gone from being awful to things yeah. being restored. Yeah. Tell me the story with the trailer. Your trailer's gone. You've lost mm-hmm. absolutely everything. You guys are in an absolute pickle. Um, what yeah. happened then? <laughs> so, uh, well, the first step was uh, just figuring out what insurance would help take <laughs> care of. And then um, one of our friends generously set up uh, a GoFundMe and uh, more than that. I mean, he got online and it was you, like, you know, you just you just realize that, that people people are good. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. the generosity of of people from every liter- literally around the globe, just contributing and yeah. helping us kind of find our feet. Yeah, and um, that was incredible. Yeah, Carlos Whitaker lives just a few streets away, and so his basement had flooded. So he was a little bit in tune. He'd been on our podcast, and we go to the, we had gone to the same church, and so he was a buddy. But somehow, someone had told him within his. Um, online community, hey, this family's like been through the ringer. We need to help them. And so all of a sudden, our Venmo just started cha-ching, like constantly. Cha-ching, 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 So for those cha-ching. who are in different countries, what's yeah, Venmo? Venmo is a way of, it's like an online way to send people money. It's okay. like a PayPal or something yeah. like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we didn't know at this point that Carlos was doing this. We didn't know what was happening. We just started seeing our phone build up with all these $1 donations, $50 donations, 50 cents, $300, like just everybody doing what they could. Wow. And Carlos calls me. He's just like, how much did your trailer cost? And what do you think the contents were worth? And I'm like, why is he asking me this? And I was like, I don't know. I gave him a number. I was like, I had no idea. And he's like, okay, okay, we got it covered. I was like, you got it covered. Well, they went on to like give us, I think they gave us enough to, to buy a tour vehicle and a trailer. And uh, it was just such a humbling moment. It, it was, it was a crazy moment. It, I've never experienced generosity like that. It, it was also very humbling because we could have kept the story to ourselves. And I think that's something I want to share with people that are listening. Like, it's hard to be vulnerable yeah. about the hard stuff you're going through. But when you're vulnerable, it helps other people go. Wait, I've had hard times too. Let's let's bond together and help. So we can't help each other if no one shares what they're going through. You can't pray for each other. You can't Venmo each other. Like we have to get a little more comfortable in the uncomfortable. And so I'm thankful, even though I bawled my head off telling everyone on social media what had happened, I was so embarrassed. I was like, what next? This is humiliating, you know? But I look back and I'm like, it actually let people in to our story and it allowed people to be kind of part of God's family and just help restore what had been taken. Well, I'm I'm going to ask what what was the final figure that God gave to you? You know what? I'm embarrassed to say. Do you remember? I don't remember. Um, was it around thirty? It was something like that. Around thirty thousand. Yeah, thirty thousand US dollars. Yeah, it's a huge sum of money. It's Amazing. Insane. Um, I'm, it shows it shows how many people do care and love it's you. It's crazy. And it's a great example of people coming together and yeah. things being restored. So you got a new trailer. Did, did it, so in the trailer, you had all your merch and all the rest of it and everything. So We had merch, we had clothes, we had like my entire wardrobe was in there. We had like our dresser from our wedding. I mean, it was all the knickknacks we could salvage from the flood. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's two sides, right? It's okay to acknowledge loss. And I think sometimes within Christianity, we're very uncomfortable with that. We like to give Christian cliches and just say, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, yeah, you know, God is always working and there is always good that's going to come because that's just who God is. 
But you know what? Does the person going through the hard thing really need to hear that? Like everything happens for a reason. No, I felt much safer with people that were like, wow, I hate that this has been your journey, but I love that I can love you in this journey. That felt so much more honest and safe. And so I think it's just for anyone listening, like if you have lost a job, you've lost a loved one, COVID was hard, finances are hard. There's been loss in your life. You don't need to pretend that loss isn't real. Like you can stay in that and say, this sucks. This is hard. You're not a bad Christian if if that's how you feel. But the other side of it is God is always loving and working and seeing and using people to come around you. So both are true. Two things can be true at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the first track that we played, played yeah. for you guys was Look What God Has Done mm-hmm. uh, and a beautiful track. But right now, the track we've got for you is Only Ever Always. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that track? Yeah, gladly. I could hardly listen to that song without crying after we wrote it. It I needed to write that song um, because I deal with a lot of shame in my head. I, I'm sure nobody listening deals with any shame. It's just me. But uh, if you do, um, I really had to understand that God doesn't do shame. God's voice is love. So if you're hearing shame in your head, that's probably your own voice. Because there's a real difference between condemnation and conviction. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. Conviction is a loving father saying, hey, I love you, but this isn't working. Let's try this. It's like what I do with my kids. I have to be, a, I have to discipline. I have to train my kids. So I'm not just like, do whatever you want. I'm, I'm helping them become the best they can be, but I'm not shaming them in my parenting, or at least I'm trying not to, right? I'm going, you're a good kid that just did a not so good thing. That is so different than being shamed and condemned. God doesn't do that. And so this is a song about reminding people, no, God doesn't do shame. God only ever always loves you. Oh, well, thank you very much, uh, Joji and Chris, for all you've shared so far. This is your track, Only Ever Always. I don't want to keep my distance. Don't want anything between us. Close enough to hear you whisper. I don't want to miss a word you say. Yeah, I want to tell you everything. The good, the bad, the ugly things. Even if I fall apart, I'll be falling in your arms. Cause I know you won't let go of me. And that was Only Ever Always by Love and the Outcome. I'm so pleased to say we've got Chris and Jodie with us right now here live in Nashville from their home. Thank you guys for all that you've shared so far of your story. If you'd be happy to pray for listeners right now, that would be really great. Absolutely. Babe, why don't you start us off and then I'll jump in. Father, we are just grateful to be here, grateful to be on the air, Mm. that this technology is working to send these words and this message to everyone who is listening, wherever you are. And the most important message right now is just that God loves you. Mm. He, just like Jody said, God doesn't do shame. So if you're feeling shameful, if you're feeling embarrassed today, Mm. um, just know that God is speaking to you now that he loves you and that 
you are you are welcome you are um you are loved mm. yeah god loves you so much god says just exactly who you are is who i want to hang out with today and so don't feel like you have to change who you are to be loved by god just start where you are like god will meet you there if you're in your car if you're at work wherever you are just take a second and breathe in and breathe out and just go i am loved by god and see how that changes your day we just pray you have a great day um you know there's a lot of miracles that happen in the mundane of life and just that we would god have our eyes open that anyone listening right now would just be aware of your presence and have eyes to see who needs love um, who needs a smile, who needs a coffee, God, um, that we would feel so loved that we would go and give your love away to those around us today. So we thank you for every single person tuned in and um, thank you for their life in your name. Amen. 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 And if you're in the UK listening to the show right now and you're thinking, I don't know who this Jesus is that, that Chris and Jody and Gordon are busy talking about. You know, there are many churches that would love to welcome you and help you find out more of his love. Uh, just pop on to www.findachurch.co.uk. And if you're listening to one of our partner stations worldwide, then just contact the studio and just say, hey, can you recommend a really great church? Because I'm sure they would love to do that for you. If living in Nashville, uh, the church I went to last night was The Belonging. It, it was great. Which church do you guys go to? That was the church we went to when we first got to town, but it was 50 people. 50 people? It was 50 people. Okay, it's a lot more than 50. How many people go there now? It's, it's a thousands. Lot. Yeah, it's thousands. thousands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if if anybody listening wants to check out our podcast, we interviewed Alex um, on our podcast a couple of years ago because she was a woman on stage in the South, which is very rare. And we were just like, whoa, okay. Um, so they, Alex and Henry at The Belonging are incredible. Nothing but good things to say about them. It's just... It's a really massive church now, and we were in a season where we needed some close community, something mm. a little bit smaller and more intimate. So we're at a church just around the corner, just in our neighborhood. We could bike ride there. We don't. But <laughs> yeah. We lead worship there when we're not on the road. It's called Creevewood. And, um, Sorry, it's called what? Creevewood. Creevewood. Creevewood Church. Okay. So and we love it. Great. So how, how, how small is it? 150? It, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes a small church is just what you need because it is yeah. much easier to have community right. in that setting. You don't feel lost and just a, one of a, a million people. You, That's you, right. You're there with people who know your lives and, and can, can care for you. So, so what sort of style of church? Do you lead worship? What sort of songs yeah. are you singing? Other, oh. other than your own songs, which we I don't do. know. We yep. do once in yeah, a while. Yeah, we do some of our own. It, it's, it's a bit of an older congregation, so they appreciate the hymns. Okay. So we've we've reworked some of some of our favorite hymns. We we still play a lot of contemporary worship and Yeah, we and did um we did last week's set list included what's the new song? It's not new, but I'm blanking on the name about um oh I can't remember it. Um, thou found? No, we did I love that hymn. Yes. But that's not the one I'm thinking of. Um, it'll come to me. We did okay. come that out. We'll just leave it at that. I can't yeah. remember the name of the others. <laughs> but 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 some great reworkings of some old old yeah. songs as yeah. well. You include everybody, you know. Yeah, so yeah, do yeah. Some new ones, do some old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite worship song made from the last two years? Ooh, not hmm. not one of your own, although they are very. Good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You jump in. Um, well, uh, I clearly can't think of a song to save my life right now. So. <laughs> it's a bit of a cheat because we have a friend in the band, but uh, God So Loved by um, We the Kingdom. We the Kingdom. Who, who's your friend in the band? Well, we've written a few songs. I don't know all of them. Yeah, yeah. They're good friends of ours. Our first record 
if you go back and listen to the story you're building in me, we wrote that with Ed Cash, who is the yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the band. And one yeah. of our best friends is their tour manager. So we love them. Love you, Jeremy. Yeah, oh, well, they are they are one of my favorite bands. They're so great. I, I do really like We the Kingdom. I've said that lots of times on air, so um, yeah. so I should stop saying it. Yeah. I've heard that before, but it's totally true. They, it's they, Love they, in the yeah. Outcome, and then We the Kingdom. Yeah. No, it's that's <laughs> <all good. laughs> so so yeah. We, we we started singing some We the Kingdom songs on Sunday mornings at our church they're, as well. They're great songs. So they're they, great songs. They really are. So okay, um, you've written a book. Yeah, I have. Tell us about the book. Woo! I can't. Does if anyone's listening, it's equal parts nerve wracking and exciting to be stepping into speaking a lot more um, at women's conferences, at churches. I'm preaching twice this summer. Like, what in the world? I can't call it that because that word makes me really nervous. Because I've said my whole life, like I'm a singer, not a not a preacher. And God's like, yeah, but you love to share, so just do that. And so, just remember, if you're listening, like you don't need to do. Beth Moore's version, you know, I don't need to be Beth Moore. There already is one. I can just be me. So just be who you are and let God use you where you are. And so during COVID, I started writing a devotional book and it's a very like practical day to day, five minute sort of pivot back towards God because it gets crazy, right? Life gets crazy. And sometimes I just needed to sit down dig into a verse and have that reminder to go like, okay, I'm okay. God's got me. I can do this. So it's called, you've got this, a guide to ditching perfect and showing up for your real life. I like that. I'm, I'm definitely all for ditching perfect. So, um, uh, and is it on Amazon? It is actually. Okay. And you can actually just go, it's on our website, lovingtheoutcome.com, or you can go to iamjodyking.com. Okay. Because you are Jody King. I am. Dot com. So, okay. That, that's cool. Um, have you read the book? I have edited the book. Edited the book. But yes, I have. I have read it. Yes. Would you recommend it? I spell checked it. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's cool. Okay. Perfect Mother's Day gift. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. It, it would be a perfect Mother's Day gift, but if you're in the UK, you have to wait till next year for Mother's Day. You'll be really ahead of the game. Yeah, to get, buy it now in advance because our Mother's Day is already gone. That's right. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, because we, yeah. we actually really value our mothers, so we think it should be earlier. You guys oh, are like, you guys are a bit slow on that one. So, yeah. yeah, okay. So um, I tell you what, it'd be interesting just to find out, though, a little bit about uh, the book itself. Mm-hmm. Have you had people read it and come back to you with going, oh, this has helped because of some situation? Mm. Oh, my gosh. I just feel like mom guilt is just, it's such a big deal and nobody talks about it. There's a lot of things that as women aren't just, aren't talked about a lot in church. And I'm not really sure why that is. So I just get a lot of like, thank you so much for taking this lie that's been in my head my whole life and replacing it with this truth. And that's, that's a tool everyone needs, right? Just to be like, well, God says this about me. I've been thinking this about myself, but God actually says this about me. And I get a lot of that. Just, I think women feeling like free to let go of the guilt, let go of other people's goals. Like, cause guilt and shame comes when we're sort of aimed at somebody else's life to go, Oh my gosh, they're a mother like that. I have to do it like that. It's like, no, 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 you don't. If that doesn't work for you, let that go just do it your own way. And so it's, I think it's just giving women permission to show up as they are feeling loved and to be a mom or a, every mom is a rock star. Every woman's a rock star when you just like show up for your life. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That, I, I tell you what, the truth sets you free. It, That's it, right. it changes your thinking and, and all of us carry just lies in our heads that, mm-hmm. that make us less able, they cripple us from being That's able right. to enjoy That's the life right. that God's given us. Mm-hmm. So um so getting some truth in there, changing your thinking yeah. um, and believing the things that God says about us, it's an enormous life changer. So it's so huge. It sounds like an absolutely great book mm-hmm. to have written. Can you tell me about 
some stories from when you've been on the road then and you've performed have you had people afterwards say the song you performed changed me or did something in me oh countless stories and it's the gas in the tank for us like i think people always apologize oh, you probably hear this all the time dot 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 and it's like no you know what the life of a musician can be like anybody it can be lonely at times where you're questioning am i doing the right thing like is this worth anything because you write all these songs in this little bubble in this little studio room some see the light of day some don't and then you're just like when you're on stage and you're watching somebody kind of light up from receiving a truth because music just communicates in such a different way mm -hmm. i know you know that that's probably why you do what you do um so being able to see people go man i don't got this but your song you got this this is a funny story and it's actually appropriate because the girls from the uk so there's a store called Topshop. I'm not sure if anybody listening knows. I had a girl from the UK shopping in Topshop for new jeans. Well, shopping for jeans is the worst, okay? First of all, <laughs> only shopping for bathing suits is worse than that. And so she's in the changing room trying to fit into these skinny jeans and they just don't fit. And so the story in her head is, I'm not good enough. My body doesn't look the way it's supposed to look. I'm not worth anything. I know it seems like an exaggeration, but any woman listening and maybe men, it's, it's just what we do. We just think we're not worth anything when the jeans don't fit. And so she found the song right in that moment. You got this came on at Topshop. No this way. Not a Christian store. It like, you know, it certainly isn't, no, right. And so she stopped and she listened. She took off the jeans. She said, I don't need these jeans. And it just empowered her. <laughs> And I just think that's the cool thing about truth and about God's love. It meets you when you're trying on jeans. It meets you in church. It meets you where you are. And so she found us on Instagram, sent us a note and said, you don't know me. I just heard your song. You got this. And you just helped me realize that I'm worth more than these stupid skinny jeans. I cried. I was like, that is the most relatable story. And so, hey. That, I, I'm so grateful. That that is a really cool a, and a UK based story as exactly well. Once it comes to that, save so. hundred pounds too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no I, I don't imagine many people here heard of Topshop, but people in the UK will know exactly yeah. what you mean. And oh. I, I think they went bankrupt actually. So you, you I think they did from... because I tried to order something from there the other day. I was like, oh no, it's... she should have bought the jeans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and now sometimes people say that that um, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Um, uh, Hmm. Yeah. How on earth do you handle that? Because you guys are on a platform. You've got people telling you, so I'm going to guess your record label want you to perform because yeah. if you don't perform well with your sales and all the rest of it, yeah. it's a big issue. Yeah. And there is, make no beef about it, there's, there's money behind this as well because That's you guys right. need to earn to live. The record label needs to earn to be carrying on doing all the stuff they're doing. So all the time, <laughs> you've got your figures and everybody else out there's figures. Mm -hmm. Do you guys look at the figures or do you try and avoid them <laughs> oh our, our management is very good at keeping figures from us yeah keep us, keep us sane you have a team um, a team to help you if it was all on us oh we would have lost it long ago it's just too hard when you're um there's instagram there is TikTok and facebook and twitter and then there's radio charts and you know there's just it's all around us the message that we're not enough mm. like we don't have to look hard to find that message it's everywhere whether you're on a record label or whether you're a pastor or an athlete or whatever you do right and so i think something we remind ourselves is your passion doesn't need to be your paycheck and there was many years where it wasn't for us 
we don't do this for that reason. Of course, we need to live. And so, you know, that that's a necessary part of life that we deal with, like everyone deals with, but that is not the reason you do it for the accolades, for the money, for the fame. If that was the reason we would have quit a long time ago and we'd have nothing to say on stage that was worth much, you know? So it's like right now we get to be paid for something we love to do. One day we might not, we will still lead worship. We'll yeah. still write songs. Like who we are is not love and the outcome. We are Chris and Jody, and this is just a part of what we get to do. Wow. Okay. And what advice would you have for people at home? And um, we live in a world, particularly particularly for the younger generation, mm-hmm. who are constantly bombarded. A lot of them, I would say, addicted to, to social media. Mm-hmm. It's where they go for their dopamine hits. Have, have I got enough yeah. likes and all the rest of it? Uh, and maybe maybe people know they're not looking so much at what God's saying about them. They're very much looking at what, what the world says about them as well. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for people who right now are in that place of comparison mm-hmm. and feel that they aren't good enough? Probably get off social media. I, I honestly don't know that I'd be on it. Uh, this is very honest, but it is such a big part of our job. Um, and I had to make peace with that because I wanted to get off of it because I just don't feel it's very positive most of the time. There are positive moments. And I hope that some of our posts are those positive moments for people where they actually feel seen and loved. But a lot of the time, it's impossible to not feel like you're comparing your life to somebody else's, right? So I would definitely unfollow people that don't make you feel loved and valued. Like just, I think there's a difference between Christian love and also having boundaries. Mm. Like we're not just called to love everybody and follow everybody and be everyone's friend. Like we have to have boundaries in place to protect our mental health. Um, And so just have some boundaries around it. Maybe have a time frame. I'm going on for 10 minutes, set a timer, then get off. Delete the app for a while. If it's just not serving you well, like just delete it. Definitely block or unfollow unhealthy accounts. Yeah. As a starting place. That sounds wise. Well, maybe why. a little Mr. Rogers advice. Yeah. Follow the people that are helping others. Right. Yeah. Just make curate it. You are in charge of that space. Don't let it feel like it's in charge of you. You are in charge of what you decide to pay attention to. Yeah. Okay. That's, you know, I, I, I wish. I wish my daughter would listen to that advice because I'm watching her looking at social media and it definitely does impact mm. her. And it's it's one of those real struggles as a parent to know oh, what, how much do you lay down the law? How much do you allow them to to walk forward into things that I think are damaging? But yeah. um, Are there so, rules in the UK around social media for um, like 18 and under? Because I know uh, it's happening in the States. There's certain states that okay. have kind of banned social media almost treating it like alcohol they're, they're trying yeah. yeah they're trying to put some real like strict boundaries around it because the stats are just so glaring that it just leads people down a really unhealthy path yeah well that's, that sounds to me really wise um, i think china only allowed gaming for like a certain number of hours of the night or maybe on a friday or something because yeah. they noticed that their children weren't doing study, they weren't doing other healthy things right and actually it was damaging so yeah despite running lots of things they, they also closed lots of things down so um, well, and to be honest, we we lose a lot of followers over um not pleasing everybody uh, and that happens all the time. And that's not fun. Like, I don't love seeing a hundred people drop off. We've had tens of, it, there was one post we made that 8,000 people unfollowed us, yeah. but you know what? That's, that's life on social media. Not everybody has to agree with you, but we do have to be kind. Yeah. I've, and I've seen people be quite mean sometimes on it, your posts. I'm so like, rowdy, a little nasty. And it's a good reminder to us like, Hey, I don't have to agree with this person's post, but I can't be a nasty human being. Like mm. we can love each other and disagree. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a difficult subject I want to quickly raise. Obviously, just it's a month ago that the, the shootings happened in a school mm. in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, absolute tragic, heartbreaking stuff. And, I, and when I saw the news in the UK, I, I straight away actually looked to check that your children were OK. Mm. Um, but Nashville is quite a close knit community. Yeah. So um, so I've seen numbers of people who's, who've been posting about actually friends and all sorts of situations of the experience of that day. Yeah. Can you tell us what, what's the response been from the church and from the community at large, um, how how's things? What was it like, and how how things progressed? Hmm. Well, uh, thank you for thinking of us. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I mean, we we probably have slightly more progressive views than um, a lot of people in the South, but so some things are not changing quite as quickly as we would like them to. But yeah, Canadians and gun culture is different. There you were, do, that's just how it is. Yeah. There was a situation over the last month that a couple of congressmen uh, were actually booted out of their seats because they were standing up for more. Um, just a little more like realistic. Common gun sense gun laws. Yeah. And uh, and actually because of social media and because of people just being reasonable, they they got they were voted back in. Yeah. They, um, and so the response from the people here has been uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, Nashville's really rallied. A, a lot of prayer. Um, mm-hmm. one, one thing Tennessee is not lacking is prayer. Yeah. But I think a lot of people were like, hey, we need the church to do more than pray. We also need people to take action. And I think there's this tendency sometimes when Prayers are so valuable, and that's the starting place. But our prayers should ultimately lead us towards becoming more Christ-like. And Jesus got really involved. Jesus was always walking and blessing and seeing people responding, correcting. Um, and so, I don't know, Jesus wasn't passive. Being a peacemaker is not a peacekeeper. Peacekeeper, you can kind of stay out. Peacemaker, you're actively being a part of the change. Mm-hmm. And so, it's been really encouraging to see Nashville pray and then go, how do we help these families? First and foremost, there's been like free mm-hmm. therapy provided yeah. um, by donations from other churches and families in Nashville to go, we want to help these people. And then also they lost their school space. So then other churches going, use ours. So just a lot of like, Nashville knows how to like party on Broadway, but we also know how to rally in hard times. You, you see this culture in the city to go, no, we're going to show up. Yeah, We're going to show up. And that's been really great to see. I mean, it happened two miles from our front door. So yeah, I'll never forget that moment. I mean, it just affected everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I can can only imagine how awful that day was for for everybody here. Yeah. Um, And uh, it's great to hear that people rallied together, Um, but I I can imagine it will be a very long time till, till that day. Yeah. Is is different in your memories. And um, yeah, but um, I'm, well, I'm glad your kids, we're okay, um, certainly. Yeah, thank um, you. And um, but it was it was scary. It was scary to see, and certainly, people worldwide were, were praying in yeah. in that moment for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got we got one more track to play from you guys. Um, mm-hmm. So and it's called "I'm Not Lucky, I'm Blessed." So mm-hmm. could you tell us about that track? Yeah. Uh, well, a kind of uh, funny title because we had actually written that song uh, a couple of days before our house flooded. <laughs> and so we thought this this track is you know it's awesome we and what does it mean to be blessed what, is, what does it mean to be blessed because our life doesn't look so blessed right now hashtag blessed life right but 
that's kind of a beautiful thing to, we love conversations. You know, that that's probably why you were crazy enough to let us on your show. But, um, our, our songs are conversation pieces. And I think the whole world, um, maybe we need to relook at what blessing actually means and the beatitudes clearly talk about it. And it involves, you know, you're blessed when you hit the, when you hit the ground, when your tears, um, hit the ground, you're blessed when you see the course walking steadily with God. That doesn't just say walking steadily with God when life is good. It's like walking steadily with God. Mm. Right. And that's the message translation. So blessing is not just fame, fortune and life going well. Blessing is our connection to God. Um, it's not based on circumstances connected to who God is. And so it's a, it's a bop, it's a fun song and it's about some really hard times that we have this tendency as a band to attach really hard times to really fun, catchy tracks. And um, hopefully that's what this one is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe and Chris, thanks so much. This is your track. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. That was I'm Not Lucky, I'm Blessed by Love and the Outcome. I just want to thank Jodie and Chris for sparing time to be with us today to do this very special episode of the Artist Interview broadcast from their home here in Nashville, Tennessee. They are lovely guys. Why don't you hop on to social media, maybe follow them. Uh, also, of course, go onto streaming platforms. They've got so much great music for you to enjoy. Um, and also, maybe you've enjoyed the Artist Interview and think, ah, oh, you'd like to hear more of it. Well, there are many episodes that you can enjoy on the podcast. So just go to your favourite podcast platform and search up the Artist Interview. Uh, it's the one with the red logo. You're sure to find it. Uh, and please feel free to share it with a friend. There's so much of God's blessing in it. Maybe follow us, like us, whatever it might be. Leave us leave us a review. We'd love that. So, uh, But I'm your host. Gordon T. It's been lovely being with you today and I look forward to joining you on the next episode of The Artist Interview. God bless you. You've been listening to The Artist Interview, a Hope FM podcast. Find us at hopefm.com forward slash The Artist Interview. 